Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Welcome to the IGN UK podcast. This is podcast number 129. We're getting old, people. You're getting old. I'm I am getting, getting old. It's true. Benjamin Button. <laughs> Eventually, you're just going to be running Twitter as a baby. <laughs> <laughs> can babies type? Tom he can. can. They've got quite pudgy fingers. Giant keyboards. Ah, that's the way. The way forward. The way to do it. With me this week is Tom Asscrack Butler. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Where'd you go from there? I just Nowhere. Just know. In, in, intern Brett. Hi. No, no what's, his real, what's his real name? <laughs> Inverter Brett. Oh, I knew that oh. I'd make it in. I knew it would. I've sent a new Twitter handle coming on. Yeah. Hello. Yeah, we've been trying to find one. But I don't think you'll be taken. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Daniel Kruper. Hello. And I am Keza McDonald's. Where's all the other losers? Where are all the other losers? We're we've been busy. left on our own this week. They're busy. They're saying that they're moaning that they're too busy. Well, Daddy's away, which means that we usually get an extraordinarily um, amusing use of soundboards in without Alex vetoing it. No soundboards. No soundboards. No soundboards. Oh, I've just I've just teased something we don't even have. I apologize. <laughs> Make up our own. Basically, the worst host. We'll do our own jingles this week. Yeah. We've been quite busy this week because the BAFTA Game Awards are. It's tomorrow. kind of a big deal. It's tomorrow or night. Today, if you're listening to this no, it's, on yeah. the day of release. Or it's been. Or it's, <laughs> or it's, it's been lifted. Yeah. Either way, BAFTA exists, and we've been pretty involved in that. We're going down to the show. We're doing a lot you, of backstage interviews. You're going to be stuff. doing a lot of stuff on camera, interviewing the winners yeah. as they come off stage. Red carpet, all this kind of thing. So it's been very busy, very busy for us. Yeah, what are you going to be doing on the evening, Tom? Uh, I'll be running the Twitter feeds and uh, trying to muscle my way in the, the press pen to get some uh, some quotes and bits and pieces. Does that get so. quite sort of cramped and rabid? It is a bit ro- it's a bit ropey, yeah. And you get like sort of uh, flat cans of Coke and stuff just sort of sitting around because that's all you get in the backstage bit where all the bloody dignitaries and nomming on amazing food yeah we're the, in the, the back we're going to be menu. roughing it for you curly sandwiches and have you seen the menu oh their menu's amazing it's yeah. just ridiculous all the nice people who get to come on tuxes and actually sit at tables rather than people who have to work yeah <laughs> they get really delicious food and also probably an award so that's not complaining too much though no no it's mm. going to be great it's going to be really exciting i think get to get our tuxedos on yeah are you in a tux tom i am painting my body with a tuxedo <laughs> and going completely nude Nice. Nice. You'll never know, though. That'd be yeah. nice when you're just jostling next to a journalist. <laughs> yeah. And, and you Trust see me. those coming off on them. They'll yeah. let me through. They yeah. will let you through. lean over. You're a very smart man. Are you going to go bow tie? Uh, yes. I'm going to bow tie. Do you have nice. a lot of body hair, Tom? No, I'm strangely hairless. We've uh, had this conversation before. We have, yes. Yeah. Is that why you've, is <laughs> that why you've grown your hair purpose. to compensate? <laughs> yeah. If you did have a lot of body hair, you could just bleach like a little bit of it to look like the shirt. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I'm just growing it all over, like a, a full body comb over. That's what I'm currently developing. <laughs> just shave the bow tie. You could shave the bow tie out. Yeah. Work well. Who do we think is going to win big? <laughs> um, I think probably Call of Duty is going to win the user vote. I think there'll be some love for Batman. Yeah, British game. I've actually had a bit of inside information from one of the guys at game, and I know that they've actually had more votes this year than they've ever had. For the, wow. And what they've done uh, is they've tried to appeal to all the different uh, communities to, to get behind their uh, games. Wow. Where, so where Call of Duty naturally has that sort of Mainstream fan presence, yep. actually what they've done is they've they've tried so to wrangle mo- all of them. So actually it's going to be a lot That's interesting. Year, that, that is like sort of maybe a comparable situation to Gamescom. Our People's, and our choice, people's award. choice Award because 
yeah. you mobilize the communities and it's, yeah. it's you don't get the sort of predictable result necessarily yeah, Dota 2 ended up winning yeah. Gamescom people's choice Dota, yeah, award, yeah, yeah, that was a, really cool a very popular choice so I mean we could see uh, Call of Duty yeah, not, not winning it this year which would be qu- quite nice actually mm. Minecraft's in there it's the only award it's up for I think Minecraft has a good show Minecraft won at uh, Game City earlier this year as well. Yeah, it's a very popular choice. If you can mobilise that community, then it's a good show. Minecraft has that magic combination of extreme popularity and also slight indie coolness. Yeah, Mm. Yeah. straddles the divide. Indeed. And Marcus Not Person will be there in person. Are we going to meet anyone famous? I'm going to be trying. I'm going to spend the evening trying to touch Dara O'Brien inappropriately because I'm pretty sure he's there. Well, he is there. He's presenting, isn't he? He's presenting the awards. He'll be backstage. Slap his head. <laughs> that would be pretty inappropriate. He's very tall, though. He he's a very, very, very tall, tall man. I don't want to he's, meet he's him. Quite big, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, he's big as well. Like, giant but not, man. not. He's a unit of a man. A he's giant a, he's Irish a, unit. A call him the unit. fridge because <laughs> he's always eating out of it. <laughs> no, what you calling him fat? <laughs> no. Are you calling Daryl O'Brien fat on the podcast? No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Shit. So who else is up for a lot of awards? Alain Noir. L.A. Noir is yeah. up for quite a few, including Best Performance by Ken Cosgrove, whose name I can never remember. His yeah. real name. What's his name? Um, What's Ken Cosgrove's oh, real name? Don't know. Don't know. <laughs> Aaron something. Not Sorkin. We just, we'll insert it here. <laughs> Stuart, insert it here. Aaron Staten. <laughs> um, Aaron? <laughs> but he's, he's up against Mark Hamill. He and Leila yeah. North. Mike, it would be Mark great Hamill's if he's jo- got to be Mark Mike, Hamill, Mark Hamill's surely. Joker is brilliant. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Mark Hamill was there. Imagine uh, if Mark Hamill was there yeah. tomorrow night. Well, well Stephen Merchant's also up for it, isn't that's he? That's a really good show. That's a really good performance. Yeah, that really that's gives that game a lot of character. That's one of the best awards, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. it's a really yeah. good one. This year. And it's really cool because it does get you thinking about it. Yeah, it is really good. And I think it's indicative of how important performance is now to video games. It is a platform for various actors and talents and voice talent now. Yeah. Um... Who would you so want of course, to... by, the, by the time by the time this comes out, you'll all know who's won. Yeah, almost <laughs> yeah. like idiots. Well, Bat- Batman and Alien are up for eight awards, I think, and I don't think it's behind there. I know Portal's done really well. Mm. Yeah, Portal Two's won a lot, though. I wouldn't be that yeah. unhappy to see Portal Two not win some more. Yeah. Well, except for the, like the individual performances, like with Steve Merchant, that'd be a good one because of be the good, way yeah. he did. What? Uh, who's getting the Games Industry Legend Hall of Fame? There isn't a BAFTA, because they normally have a fellowship, yeah, fellowship. award, do, but there yeah. isn't one this year. It's a, it's a contribution to video games, and that's going to Notch. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So I don't know whether or really? not... God, I'd be so... Notch must be beside him, so I would Dude, That's yeah. quite early in, a, in your career to win that yeah. kind of sizable award. Yeah. He was tweeting mm. uh, that he didn't even realise it was a black tie event, and everyone was asking him whether he was going to wear his famous hat, and apparently he will be wearing his famous hat, uh, but he'll be taking it off when he's indoors. That is fair. Well, it's polite. Yeah. 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 yeah, you can't really rock up to it. It's like a the view that, that story behind. about the guy who made Angry Birds going to the presidential dinner oh. with his wife in an Angry Birds dress. It's like... Mm. <laughs> I love really. him. He's such an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> He's a massive idiot. <laughs> oh, great. No, 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 so we've called Dara O'Brien fat and Peter Vesterbeck an idiot. So we don't yeah. mean it. We don't mean it. No, He's a very rich idiot. idiot so. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah but that's, no, sorry, sorry, sorry. Didn't mean it, you meant eccentric. Yeah, yes. yeah. Nox is funding everyone else's projects now, though, isn't he? You see him tweeting saying, "This could be a good idea. I'll give them the money." And he was—that's what we should do. We should get him to buy game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Save yeah. the UK retail industry. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and let us run it. Do you think he'd sponsor us, our podcast? Yes, yes, I think money. he would. Mm. Yes, I think he's he a lovely I man. Hear he's, a big fan. <laughs> <laughs> he's a lovely, lovely man. I do hear he's a big fan. Speaking of game. That's a good segue into our news this week because there's been a bunch of more game c- catastrophic happenings this week. Not going to be stocking Poker Park 2, which is devastating, I'm sure, for everybody. I'm not going to be stocking Yakuza Dead Souls this Friday. Um, they are stocking Twisted Metal, but they're not going to be stocking 
Kid Icarus either. Ninja Gaiden. FIFA Street. Or Ninja Gaiden. So there's a lot of bad stuff going down and it's looking worse and worse. However, it seems there is a ray of hope because Op Capita has offered to buy the store. It's tabled an offer on Wednesday. Um, They are the people that own Comet and the people that turned Comet around from being a massive failing retail chain to being like a smaller and less failing retail chain. So there is hope and they've offered to repay all of games lenders and suppliers like all the people who've given them games without insurance and stuff so that would be good yeah but um you know no 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 word as of yet anyway whether games actually accepted the offer or not so we're, the deadline is looming for them to pay their rent which apparently is yeah. the big sort of decide if they can't pay About their rent then they're going to have to go like into yeah. Yeah. earlier this week they said they got 10 days to yeah. turn it around yeah. is that the only offer on the table at the minute as well yeah yeah there's and rumblings isn't there there's rumblings about Walmart and rumblings about GameStop, GameStop as well yeah but, I mean, what happened to Comet was that they shut half the stores and laid off half the staff, so it still wouldn't be brilliant for game if if Op Capita bought it, necessarily. I mean, it would probably maintain a retail presence, but is that is that great if if they kind of re-buy and then just downsize I dramatically? Well, I suppose, going back to what we were spoke, speaking about last week, even if they close half the stores, that's still a fairly sizable presence. Still, yeah. still, you've still got a mainstream stores. dedicated retailer. Yeah. But then you've still maybe got space in certain regions for indies to emerge. Yeah, and then... So still, I don't know whether it would, be, it would result in a healthier situation. Yeah. I'm not sure. And even but. if they only downsize temporarily and sort of business gets back on its feet and then they yeah. can start from Change there. Change its strategy. I yeah. don't know. Well, I think that, yeah, a lot of the common feedback and the things that we see on the site is that uh, people that aren't, haven't been happy with the way that game has been run for a long time. Well, no yeah. one Cust- no customers. one likes the, the forcing of um, insurance and of pre-orders and of yeah. all this stuff. But mm. pre- do you know, pretty much everybody I know that works in the games industry has had a spell at game as a teenager. Yeah. Or yeah. A young adult, like it's it's a great it's a place that employs a lot of very young passionate people. Formerly yeah. electronics boutique as well, wasn't it? Yeah, that's yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, so my point is, is it, it's if they do buy them out and we do end up seeing them closing stores, it could be for the the, the good in the long run. Yeah, yeah. I they, think they need to like relaunch as well and yeah, yeah. Kind of rebrand themselves and reposition themselves. Yeah, because yeah, they're gonna have to build bridges for all the publishers as well to make sure they get their games back in stock. Yeah. yeah, I mean the thing is that the relationship between game and publishers has generally been very one sided. Yeah. Like the the word is, you know, you what you hear is that game basically demands stuff, and publishers right. sort of have to just bend to that, and uh, that's not a really healthy dynamic, and that should change. Also, the the problem the games always had is it's always been a loss making business for nine months of the year, and then for three months around about Christmas, it makes loads and loads of money, but the rest of the time it's always been losing money. So it's yeah. just yeah, yeah. It's always Christmas, and then you got the sales. Always seems to be the busiest time <clears> for them. I really do feel strongly that there needs to be a more specialist retail chain like what game like like how Game Station used to be. Used to be, yeah. yeah. You know, with with a bigger selection and more cool. It was stuff. great when you yeah, and it was always great looking in the kind of the used section in the Game Station and seeing what kind of curiosity turned up that week. Yeah, I used mm. to meet people in in Game Station and and you know actually start conversations and have chats about stuff. You don't yeah. do that in game. No. But you know you'd be sitting looking at the at the you know the copy of Secret of Man on the SNES and and someone else would be looking at it as well and you'd have a wee conversation about it like that. Yeah, that's quite expensive. Yeah. We were yeah. talking about <laughs> this last <laughs> week. <laughs> like a real life forum. Yeah, but we were talking about this last week, weren't we, about how long we spend in game now and we were saying about you know you you're in and you're out whereas yeah. if there was to create a culture around going in the store yeah. and spending some time there yeah. it might make, yeah. you know create a new I Remember angle once for them. my mum went to a game station and she bought two game gears because they kept breaking. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know she could get that from eBay, but it was quite nice going into a shop and it it'd been tested and yeah. yeah, and you know we we talked about this before, but Japan's great for that. You know, yeah, you go into a shop and you can still shop loads of different stuff, which is cool. But I'm sure we'll be talking about game more next week. I'm sure something will happen yeah. between yeah. then and now. Yeah. yeah. 
more things are afoot. Um, this is a story that broke towards the end of the last week, um, on the day that the podcast came out, but we'd already recorded it, so we didn't address it at the time. Um, MCV, which is the British um, trade magazine for games, um, published a report that the next Microsoft console won't have a disk drive. And this comes from some insider source who apparently signed the strictest um, non-disclosure agreement they've ever, ever encountered. But they still broke it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. didn't work. I like that. It was re- it's really draconian. Yeah. It was really fierce. But, you know, same, fuck it. Is this the same ultra high-level concrete source that said the PlayStation 4 was yeah. going to be announced? Well, mm. we, we, we're sceptical about this. So, pinch of salt. But, you know... I think this is absolute nonsense. Nonsense, but there could be still... It still could be prescient. It still could have a grain of truth. Maybe, yeah. Because they say that it might have some sort of interchangeable solid-state card storage, although it's unknown whether this will be proprietary or a more standard format, such as SD. So no discs. No discs. Um, You might still be able to buy cards from retail shops, however. Use them maybe as game cartridges. Um, and they're t- talking about a 2013 release window for the hardware. Microsoft, of course, have refused to comment on speculation. Who, what, what kind of SSD storage, like a card, would have enough space for a next generation game on it? What's the well, what's the highest you can get? Yeah, but they cost Eight, they cost maybe? quite a lot of money, don't they? Not like, really. They can't no, charge anymore. Yeah. Well, it depends who you get. Like, yeah, proprietary ones are, but you can get. Quite a lot of storage yeah, for like a digital camera. Like, you yeah, can get it's all right. Yeah, you can buy like a 32, two, six, yeah, four gig for 20 quid. Yeah, yeah less than a pound a gig now. So Yeah, but the, compared to a DVD, the production cost, one would presume, is is it? Who knows? I don't know. I really do. I don't yeah, considering know. the cost of games at the minute. So The thought of anybody releasing, like now, maybe in 10 years, but the thought of, or five years, but the thought of anybody releasing a games console that you can't put discs in. Yeah. Seems a bit insane, though. Yeah, yeah, just maybe too early. Maybe one more generation but, before, um, and it wouldn't be a it wouldn't be a, a proprietary memory. It would just be all digital after yeah. that. As Stuart always says, we'll keep our powder dry because that's this week's talking point. Yes, yeah. Um, we're going to chat about digital distribution. Yeah, mm. that Com- might sound a bit dry, but a lot of people but, but think very strongly about it. And yeah. written to but it's also the conspiracy of things that are basically afoot: the demise of game retail shops, um, and this report that came out last week. Those two things combined could, could maybe signal um, the next console heading in that direction. Yeah. Um, Durango. Durango. I still just like saying the word Durango. <laughs> For me, it's um, as a project, it's lost its drive. Yes, very good. good. Very good, good Daniel. I get it. Everyone's very impressed. Um, very impressed. Are we talking GTA oh, no. 5 or not? We are talking GTA 5. Go on, then. It's arriving in 2013, says Analyst. Um, this is pretty <laughs> obvious, isn't it? That GTA 5 was going to come out in 2013. Who's this Analyst? He gets quoted lots. He does. Yeah, he's a really... <laughs> really he's actually a woman, Anna List. Analyst. That would work as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, obviously Rockstar's not announced a release window, um, but given previous precedent, it would make sense for it to come out to either towards the end of 2012, which is unlikely, or in the middle of 2013. If you're bringing a game out before the end of this year, people need to know Yeah. at this point. We yeah. would know a lot more. We would. Right. I, th- I think it's definitely 2013, <laughs> which is about right. because Or, yeah. or is Rockstar and G- is GCA one of the few franchises where you don't need to trail it that far in advance? Kind of like a uh, kind of like an Apple product where you hear nothing, you don't know anything about it. There's no photographs of it. They announce it and it comes out a month later. Rockstar and do it sells, kind of do that. Yeah, yeah. it is. I mean, they never show. They you do kind of imitate anything. Apple in a lot of the ways, the way that they communicate with the press. Yeah, and they're well, very secretive. Everything's more on their terms. They perhaps. parallel them rather than imitate yeah. them in the same way as Nintendo is the same. They never they've never shown you a preview build of anything in their lives. Nintendo. Yeah. Mm. 
you'll never see Mario Galaxy 3 you know six months before it comes out in the same way as you yeah. or a year the same way as you will see Bioshock Infinite and yeah. Deus Ex Human Revolution and so on and so on, so on will there be a Mario Galaxy 3? probably not I think it was really unprecedented for them to do a 2 no, I don't think they'll do a three. I think we'll know more about GTA once Max, Max Payne three's out and had its time, you know, to sell. I think you might brief. get another trailer and then maybe a, a launch yeah. window in the trailer. Yeah, yeah, I think they'll be they don't want to be deflecting people away from the Max Payne mm. interest. Yeah, because they're obviously got a lot invested in Max Payne. Yeah, it's looking good though. Daniel's seen it about four hundred times. In the I've last seen it about four hundred times. Every time <laughs> it's looked really good. Have you written more Max Payne three previews or FIFA Street previews? I don't know. <laughs> what? I, right, I've, written, I've written a lot of stuff about FIFA and I've written a lot of stuff about Max Payne recently. And when I went to see Max Payne the last time, the level started, I started playing it and it was in a fucking football stadium. <laughs> <laughs> and, then we went, and then we went inside and they said, here's this little training pitch, like a little five-side training pitch. And they went, you can use this area just to get sort of acquainted with the controls and the guy was like there's a football there if you want to kick it about I went I don't want to kick another football <laughs> I took out a shotgun and shot the football <laughs> and it deflated I just love the idea of the developers going oh, I think Daniel really likes his football hey Daniel we heard you <laughs> yeah, like yeah, yeah. so he put some football in your Max Payne for you he was like, like, yeah. we built this entire environment for you <laughs> yeah. but cut it does the puppy out we'll keep the puppy <laughs> <laughs> but it does look really good. It looks like just as beautiful as something like Uncharted Three. But I, you know, I fear maybe that it might be as linear as Uncharted Three. But I don't know yet. We'll see. Linearity isn't well, necessarily it's not necessarily a bad thing. thing. It's yeah. like the, th- the extended play we did on Uncharted Three. Yeah. These kind of cinematic games. But that's definitely what it's going for. Yeah. In its presentation is quite clearly a cinematic game. Yeah. If that's its intention. Then you know, which they focus is on not it. a bad thing. Indeed. Tom, it's uh, all been kicking off. Yeah, it's all been kicking it's off. Quite so, a lot of angry people on the internet. <laughs> who, who would have known? I know. <laughs> <laughs> this is the first time they've reared their heads. <laughs> um, <laughs> so Mass Effect 3 came out last week and by the looks of it, all these angry people on the internet basically gorged themselves on it over the weekend and then moaned that the ending wasn't what they wanted. Um which, to me, um, they're quite right to be able to express their opinions. Yeah, it's tricky because like, it's quite easy to look at these people as just being really entitled and all that. But then if you've spent a lot of time and money on the Mass Effect series... Mm. This, is three, this is three games over a, a period of, what, six years? Yeah, and it's, 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 it's easy to sort of belittle these people. We yeah. shouldn't do that. No, 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 of course not. Equally, um, I'm not sure Bioware should change the ending just because fans no. say so. But I'm sure there's lots of people who quite like the ending. Yeah. Has anyone got to it? No, this is the problem. Yeah. I think we need to keep ourselves sort of relatively out neutral yeah. because, because we don't none know of us yet. have finished the, end, the well, game. So we probably, I'm not really allowed to play. Ma- I'm not allowed to play uh, Mass Effect Three until you've written your book. Until I've written my book, and it's hard to sort of engage in what people are saying because in case they say what the end yeah, is, I don't want to. We don't yeah, want to know. Wanna, you don't want to click. I've on not it, read a lot yeah. of things because yeah. just in case an accidental spoiler. And the thing is, I've been waiting for this game for quite a while, and I didn't. I don't really want to just gorge on it. I was saying to we did someone, this with yeah, Arkham City. We did this with Arkham City, me and Daniel, and we'd done it in two days. And then you're yeah. like, and I've well, got to the point now. I want to go back and play Arkham City over a, yeah. a couple of weeks and enjoy yeah. it. Um, so it's kind of like waiting all year for your Christmas dinner, then eating it in 30 seconds and moaning that yeah. you feel a bit sick. But anyway, uh, Casey Hudson has responded to enraged fans um, who criticise the ending and also the, the fact that there's day one DLC, which I think may be connected with the ending in some, how, some way without spoiling it. Um, he, in an interview with Digital Trends, he says, "I didn't want the game to be forgettable, and even right down to the even right down to the sort of polarizing reaction 
that the ends have had with people debating what the endings mean and what's going to happen next and what situation the characters are left in. That, to me, is part of what's exciting about this story. There have always been a little bit of mystery and that there's always a little bit of interpretation and it's a story that people can talk about after the fact. Um, people have been raising money to try and get uh, Bioware to change the ending. Yeah, They've been raising money for charities to get attention. Basically. Yeah, for child's play. Yeah, yeah. and... Uh, Hudson said that they're going to pay close attention to it and they're working on single player DLC which they hope that fan feedback will shape its content which um, which to me seems a bit Bioware have always been the weird thing is Bioware's got this sudden reputation of like hating its fans just because of um, amongst certain circles just because of um, this sort of recent stuff about uh, you know the game's becoming more accessible and the kind of Hepler controversy yeah. and then this now as well but Bioware's always really listened Mm. to fan feedback it's always been one of its pillars so I think that's what they mean they mean that you know the fan feedback will help help shape it but it's really why do why do people care so much about this is the question really I, don't know. I think it's because it's it's one story over three games and if they the way they've seen it it's at least 120 pounds or do, you know it's done dollar, 880 dollars worth but if of people don't like the them. end of a film sequel yeah nobody true. does this but then it's it's different again. That's not because you not feel trilogy, like you're you know? authoring your story, and if your story doesn't end how you want, yeah, it to yeah, the only thing I can equate to is yeah. like Star Wars, the way people hate the original trilogy. I know it's not as big as that, but it's the same way that people. It is. To, it is quite a lot like that. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Is you this know? gaming's greatest modern trilogy? Is that why it's causing so much furore? It's certainly fair to call it that. Yeah. Yeah. Is there anything else, any other series this is a true trilogy, of this isn't generation yeah. that really like it's not, Uncharted it's not has the three three games, but I don't think it has the arc that. No, that was. A, it's not the that's grand. A that's, kind of yeah, that's a trilogy because of the success of the first game, yeah. and then it, mm. Mass Effect. They always said that it was very it was much envisioned as a trilogy. Yeah, planned as a trilogy. Yeah, I think that's a fair shout. And also the the fact that everyone was building up to this point, and they knew what you playing the game, you sort of knew what was coming. There was the inevitable sense that you know this, depending on the choices you made, you felt this is where I'm going to take it as well. So maybe they had an idea of what their ending was going to be, and if it if the end subverted their expectations and they're going to feel even more you know angered by what happened as well mm. so they're going to voice their opinions and there are loads of forums where they can do that everyone and, is entitled to their own opinion mm. definitely um, and there are people who are doing it in a positive way as well like the um, the Charles Blake Charity Forum they the actual uh, tagline that uh, supports it th there's a sort of summary saying you know they, they don't want to come across as a yeah, sense so, of yeah. entitlement so they say we would like to dispel the perception that we are angry or entitled we simply wish to express our hope that there could be a different direction for a series we have all grown to love well do you know mm. what there's no reason why they can't have alternate endings as yeah. DLC or whatever release yeah. alternate endings I think that would actually be pretty cool mm. yeah there is this danger isn't it like I mean because uh, people complaining on the internet is usually wrapped up in like a lot of unpleasantness like for instance the whole Jennifer Hepler thing um, where you know this poor Bioware writer was basically attacked by really horrible people on Twitter, and the the grievances behind it were about actually story writing, and they were about Bioware's accessibility and so on, and so on. So the grievances were legitimate, but the problem is that all of those grievances got tarred with the brush of you know the the, the same brush as these people who were being like misogynist and abusive, and so the problem is that everybody ends up looking abusive, even though even if they've you know they're yeah. being perfectly polite and they've got a reasonable point, it's easy to be like, oh, they're just you know entitled abusive arseholes, and they're not necessarily. Some of them are. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's the case in in life. There's yeah. been, there's Some been, people there's, are arseholes. There's been quite a lot of um, Kickstarter success recently, hasn't there? 
Indeed, there has. Um, yeah, you hear about it every day. Almost you do. I mean, uh, before we kick off with um, starter, starter. Before before we chat about before we chat about double fine, which ended. Also, uh, we had uh, Brian Fargo finally start the Wasteland Kickstarter fund, and it's it's already reached met its target. Yeah, in twenty twenty four two days was it? Yeah, nine hundred thousand. It's not bad. Incredible. Yeah, really impressive. Yeah, so um. Double Fine's adventure Kickstarter finished uh, this week and it had its original target of £400,000 that it wanted to get in just over a month. And at the close of its fund, it reached $3,335,000. So pretty good. Pretty extra. good. Yeah. yeah, a little bit. Some pocket money on the side there. Yeah, yeah, some extra funding maybe to, you know, make the graphics a little bit better. Get nicer chairs at yeah. Double Fine. <laughs> yeah, like, better but, sandwiches. But you, yeah. we, we were talking about this yesterday. You were talking with our boss about this about what kind of ethical obligation Double Fine has with all that money now yeah, if it's, what if can it's, and can't it spend it on if mm. the game's shit there's <clears> going to be a lot of problems <laughs> well I was just about to say if there's, a, if there's so many people who are invested in this uh, in this game and as we talked about entitlement this almost does legitimise an entitlement that legitimises yeah. it yeah if you've literally paid for yeah, the game to be made does. that's yeah. not entitlement that's and are uh, we running a risk of uh, uh, I mean obviously it's a great thing that they're getting this game off the ground and they're self-funding it but like, if you're talking about having to meet deadlines for millions of people who yeah. are expecting yeah. this game to come out and be this thing well, it's got to be as good as all of them want it to be and all of them are probably going to want different things yeah, yeah. yeah designed by committee it mm. could just uh, I mean it, it's a difficult model to to make everyone happy yeah because yeah. usually with investment you're investing money in the hope of making money you're not yeah. investing you know your, yeah. your hopes I, I and see, dreams I, if I did it I'd see it very much as a kind of a donation to charity that I would expect nothing back in return but it's incentivized yeah, you get and the product, you get the Do you know what I mean? I was, yeah. Even if the game disappoint me, that's not why I initially invested the money. I would, mm. I would initially invest it because I'd want them to make the game. Yeah. But then it's, it's interesting because Double Fine's obviously a, you know, a big publicly owned company, well, a medium-sized publicly owned company. Like, do their shareholders get any of this money? Yeah. Like, what happens business-wise? Like, where, where does the money go? Can it get reinvested in the company or does it all have to go to production of this game? This one game or is there any, it be reallocated? Is there any, legal, is there any legalities to attached part? to it? Yeah. Yeah. Is it a publicly owned company? Do you know that for a fact? Or I think it's publicly traded. Okay. I'm just wondering as well, Like, did they have a deadline for when the game was going to come out? Because now they've got a huge budget. Can they put the game back? Because obviously they've got more money and they can spend more time make it quickly. You know, right. allocating that budget appropriately as well. I think they're fully voicing it in five languages now. That's oh, one, really? one of the things they've been able to pay for. And also it's coming out on loads of platforms and this kind of thing yeah it would be interesting to see I'd like to I'd like to speak to Tim Schaefer again sometime soon and mm. see, did yeah. anyone contribute no I didn't no. I didn't because um, I didn't want to bias myself yeah. against the game because there there is a large possibility that I'm going to end up having to cover it yeah and I felt like if I contributed 50 bucks to it that might change the way I could do that I know but I contributed to did, Wasteland though. yeah I've contributed to Wasteland because I really want to see it made and also, I bloody love Fallout, old school Fallout, and Brian Fargo is the man who invented the whole kind of. He basically invented the post-apocalyptic RPG, and I think that's awesome. And I really want him to make a great new game, but right. I'll have to not cover that now, I guess. Professionally, yeah. be unprofessional, Keza. A little bit, little bit, yeah. You I'm gi- known you, for my unprofessionalism. You've given him money. <laughs> got, oh, bloody lo- I bloody love an apocalyptic on, RPG. Wait, aren't, aren't people supposed to pay me for reviews? Why am I paying them? <laughs> I, know. I know. That's how it works. <laughs> I don't have my brown envelope today. Very confusing. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's cool that I think I think the Kickstarter thing's really cool. But again, you're only getting you know a couple of high-profile people at the moment. Like, is it going to work for? Yeah. 
for other stuff? Is it going to go viral? Is it going to be like um, Play Dead? When Play Dead um, were teasing Limbo, the guy who made Limbo, Arnt Jensen, he made that little video that went viral and everyone was like, fuck me, this game looks awesome. Definitely make it. Do you th- do you would, think- he, would he do a sick Kickstarter now, do you reckon? Would it have worked? Uh, wh- yeah, where does it end? Does everyone start doing Imagine if um, come next August, Activision do a Call of Duty Kickstarter. Oh, can, well, can you Can you maybe give us some money and we'll put in more guns? <laughs> can you imagine that happening? Do you, re- do you reckon that might bullets. actually happen? Like someone might misunderstand the point of Kickstarter so mm. fundamentally? Yeah, just like, let's get some more cash for free. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I guess some I don't people think might would think happen, that way. But I guess it, it, it seems to be happening more and more. It's just like, yeah, they have to be well incentivized though as well, don't they? There was and they also sold out of all of their um, packages, the ones that were limited, yeah, the, high, the sort of premium packages. Yeah, you could have lunch with Tim Schafer. If yeah. you donate five thousand dollars or ten thousand dollars, I can't remember which, to Wasteland Two, then they'll make a statue of you in the game. I wouldn't uh, want that. I would I definitely want there to be a statue feel too of self-con- me. I would, somebody. Have a week if it's it. a huge game, can you imagine the amount of hours you would spend finding it if they didn't tell you where it was <laughs> yeah. as well? Yeah, that's yeah. what we're doing. No missions. Like in one dungeon yeah. in Skyrim, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. your ki- name is carved a ki- into a wall. There's a keyring bearing your image hidden somewhere in Skyrim. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Find it. Great. Yeah. <laughs> there were things like that in Skyrim, though, weren't there? The developer jokes they put in. It was a cheese like, I looked like. The Pac Man cheeses were great. Yeah. yeah. I used to love collecting cheeses. That was be my thing. I'd collect. But as a kid, Skyrim. as a yeah, I've as got a really, <laughs> I've got a really f- collectible Stilton. Yeah, really uh, nice brie. Cheese wheels. I don't know why there was something collectible about cheese yeah. wheels for me. If Sky- I ever saw Sky- them, I would take the cheese Skyrim wheels. Skyrim is so like that though. You just get these weird quirks. I mm. collected, um, uh, I collected leeks because <laughs> <laughs> genuinely, because you always needed them for the type of vegetable soup that would that would help you out in a fight. So whenever I saw a leak, I was like, oh, leak! <laughs> Too much excitement about a leak. Yeah, I just think- open every drawer that I went past to see what was in it. You just, just do that. that. Yeah. It, even, though it was, even if it was just like clothes. I knew, like, even if it was a wardrobe, I was just look at the clothes. I was watching my, my new potential housemate play some Skyrim recently. <laughs> was that the test? <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah. I see it if he closes and opens all the doors and if he, <laughs> if he makes the beds. Um, but yeah, does he, he make out. the Skyrim... How well does he make Skyrim beds? And then, you know? <laughs> he had this weird habit of always opening and closing a door twice slightly OCD you're like that's going to be annoying yeah. Yeah. not living with you <laughs> can you bring I home boom, a bag boom, full boom. of leaks <laughs> you're in uh, so for trailer of the week this week we've chosen something a little unconventional a little outre because there have been so many awesome trailers but they all came out last week yeah. <laughs> so we, we've all, we're bored of Assassin's Creed 3 and we're bored of Car- well not I'm not bored of Kara but we've seen it and we talked about it already so this Which week we've amazing. got Frankenweenie by Tim Burton, it's new stop frame animation movie. Can I, can I also say that Japanese Avengers trailer is also check that out. Good. Japanese yeah. Not only does it have awesome. loads more extra footage, it's yeah. got a brilliant Japanese voiceover. Yes, mm. it Avenger. Is. That gives no. It was like Avengers. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it just gives it more gravitas. I think. Mm. Yeah, much more. Yeah. Um. So yeah, check that out if you don't like Tim Burton, like I don't like Tim Burton. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, Buzzkill. Good build up, Tom. Here's Frank and Weenie. When you lose someone you love, they never really leave you. They just move into a special place in your heart. I don't want him in my heart. I want him here with me. Sparky! I can't believe it! Your dog is alive! IMAX 3D. Every film needs to be in 3D. I thought oh, the no, dog was going to be called. <laughs> I thought the dog was going to be called Weenie. Yeah, Weenie. I did. 
Sparky. Or at least be a yeah. little longer. Sparky's not as good as Weenie. Have you ever seen the Frank, the original Frank and Weenie movie? No, it's the a short, short film, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's a live-action short movie. It's a live-action, is it? I think, I'm pretty sure it is. Um, it's, I think it's a project that he's wanted to do for a long time when he was at Disney. He was an animator on Fox and the Hound, and he always had these great ideas. And people at Disney used to look at his notebooks and get quite uncomfortable with the things that he produced because it was very un-Disney-like. Mm. Yeah, but now very this is a, dark, isn't yeah. But now this is a Disney movie and, you know, obviously Nightmare Before Christmas was a massive success, though not directed by Tim Burton. It's kind of it's kind of a weird homecoming, this project that he wanted to do for so long and now, now he's got the opportunity to do that. Um, I think it looks good. Yeah, it looks all right. It's in black and white. Was Tim Burton yeah, a weird goth kid at school? I think that's a pretty safe bet. Yeah. I bet so. you listen to The Cure... Probably. Just a little bit. Yeah. Just a little bit. But there's like, those slightly weird girls that used to just draw skulls and dying things. What's that, what's that Tim class? Burton film with Helena Bonham Carter and Johnny Depp? <laughs> <laughs> with a score by... Um, Danny Elfman. Danny Elfman, yeah. I'll come to me later. <laughs> um, <laughs> is is Johnny Depp in that? I imagine he is. I imagine he is. Johnny Johnny Depp like is. Obviously the dog. Sounds like sounds like a Danny Elfman score. But I think I'd I'd want to see that more than I want to see, I wanted to see Alice in Wonderland or Charlie and Chocolate Factory. That seems thematically and stylistically more in keeping with what Tim Burton does best. Yeah, it's which kind is of the old night, movie. The old nineteen thirties. That's really unfair. So, all right, come on. He hasn't made a good movie since Edward. Just putting it out there. Yeah, but he made some good ones before that. He made some amazing what about films. Bryce? Still not a great movie though. It's all right. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, I, I just, uh, I'm, I'm done with uh, Tim Burton now. I think totally. he's, uh, there's so many directors out there who have reached a point where they just... Don't mind Sleepy Holder. No, even that. Where they just, just what? Where they've just become safe and stayed and everything. Well, Spielberg, Ridley Scott, we talk yeah. about this quite a lot. Yeah, I don't know. Um, even Tarantino, I think, to some extent. Yeah, yeah, although I did really like... Um, I didn't like Kill Bill. Oh, Glorious was really yeah. good, yeah. But even that, looking at that, it, it wasn't there wasn't much there to make you think I want to go and see it. Yeah. Unless there was an artist like score because it was in black and white. I mean, look at this run for Tim Burton: Beetlejuice, Batman, Edward Scissorhands, Batman Returns, Edward, Mars Attacks. It's all right. Sleepy Hollow, Planet of the Apes, Big Fish, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, oh, Corpse God. Bride, Sweeney Todd, Alice in Wonderland. And then Frank Weenie and obviously Dark Shadows. Still hasn't next. jumped the shark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there is a definite break there. Yeah. Edward was the, yeah you are right yeah is, yeah. Is, is that why he won an Oscar for that for Edward I don't Martin Landau won an Oscar yes for it was nominated wasn't it yeah, I guess that Bella was the one that sort of uh, I'd like and to see that, and that's like. um, one of the few Tim Burton films that doesn't have a score by Danny Elfman they fell out there you go and it's the most successful reviewed one <laughs> <laughs> well done Danny um, so yeah, so that's Frank and Weenie, which looks like it's out this autumn Indeed. in the States. I don't know about the UK, but uh, yeah. Probably might tie in with Halloween a bit. Yeah, yeah. probably. Yeah. Uh, let us that. know what you think of uh, this week's trailer of the week on IGN UK feedback at IGN.com. Or on Twitter at IGN UK. Yeah, or on Facebook at IGN UK. So our talking point for this week is about the demise of game and where the digital distribution is the way forward. We've got a lot of feedback on this this week. Um, firstly, from Phil Hughes, who says, people say they want full digital distribution for games on day one, and this is the inevitable way forward for game sales, but do you think that servers could handle the demand of 6.5 million people trying to download a game like COD at once? Cerberus. <laughs> <laughs> is what? that where... It... It's three servers. <laughs> <laughs> it sounded like I said Cerberus. Oh. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Cerberus Network. He's got the... Uh... 
What's his name, man? What's his name? The elusive, the elusive man, man sitting there man. flicking a cigarette waiting. Why is he elusive? You know why he's elusive? Because <laughs> the fucking servers are crashed. <laughs> <laughs> he's done one. Every, every time he gets put through, he's like, no, of course someone else. That's how elusive he is. <laughs> Sorry, Keza. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm just looking at this feedback. There's quite a lot of it. Um, yeah, that's obviously one of the main problems with digital distribution is like the future. Is the internet isn't good it, enough. Yeah. It's not as robust. It's when OnLive launched in this country, and I know Microsoft would have much bigger, more reliable servers than probably OnLive had in this country at launch, but that didn't work initially. No. Mm. Too many people. And even yeah. people and that when, wasn't when, even whenever, that many co- people. whenever Call of Duty launches, Steam, not Steam even, um, all the servers, when you try to play online, they all struggle. Yeah. And. Uh, it takes ages to download. Oh, them. it takes so long to download. And also, like and most download people speeds, don't. Yeah, speeds are rubbish. Exactly, most people don't live near an exchange where you can get the right kind of download speed. That's, started... actually, that's sorry. That's only when you have, even when you only have one computer or Xbox, whatever, downloading at that time. If you have a couple online, then it's even worse. You know, in on the one router as well, you need that traffic to help sustain as well. Like, imagine it's release date and you're yeah. like, I fucking want Battlefield 3 and then you have to wait 12 hours for it to download. Yeah. <laughs> and, then there's an, uh, an, and then there's an additional problem. You might not even have broadband. You might not yeah. have broadband. You might, no, have, dongle, yeah. or you might have, even You might have dial-up or you might not at all. That's yeah. the biggest obstacle, isn't it, to digital distribution becoming About the f- ultimate way of you know the the only way of, of buying games. Yeah, ultimately the theory, in theory, it's a good idea, and it's probably tomorrow's world kind of stuff that this is where we're moving to. But right now, is it is it a viable model? Well, it was probably it was absurd ten years ago to think of all your email even being able to yeah. exist on your phone. I guess so. Mm. You never we, know how fast this stuff. We all get frustrated happen. with updates and how long they take. Imagine if you had to do you had to get the game first. Yeah, I've yeah. started using I've started using Steam for the first time recently because I've not had a gaming PC in years and years. And I bought a really expensive laptop, and to make myself feel slightly less bad about having wasted so much money, I, I bought Steam. I mm. uh, bought some games off Steam to play on it. And it's really, really So cool. spending more money. Yeah, <laughs> I spent more money to make myself feel better. You got a problem with that? No, that, that's how I do it. <laughs> One way, Sorry, I'm broke. It's the gamer disease. Sorry. One way that you could get over that, though, is to release the download early, and then, you know, that 100 kilobyte unlock thing that they yeah. always do? Oh, Just, it's true. You, you know, download do that. that to bring it out a week early. I know, yeah. that, I know that hackers may be able to get around that, but it's, it's something that... It's still it, a bit dangerous, isn't it? Yeah, You're I just mean, giving yeah. up control over where your exactly, game is and yeah. when it is. You so know? how have you found Steam, Kez? I fucking love it. I think it's amazing. And I, I kind of knew it was amazing, but now actually using it and just having this huge library of cool games and you know, and the, the good stuff is there along with everything else and the quirky stuff is there along with the big stuff and the problem is you, you have to kind of know how to search it. Yeah. You have to sort of know what you're looking for. But then you've also got all these awesome indie bundles where you're like, oh, I've heard of that developer and I know that that game's good so I, w- I hope these other three are good as well and it's only like £7. So yeah, you buy sales th- are amazing. Yeah, so you buy and the Steam sales are great. Yeah. I think it's fantastic and the only problem is I tried to download Shogun 2 and it took a day. <laughs> right. And used up all of my hard drive space. And that that just made me think, oh, lovely, boy. yeah. That's yeah. always going to be a problem, isn't it? Yeah, especially yeah. like I, I got, I've got, um, you need a kind of massive external hard drive or yeah. a tank of a gaming PC. I suppose yeah, that that, that, the, that the same thing would apply to for the next generation yeah. of consoles. You're you're gonna right. have to have massive storage, yeah, otherwise you you'd have to delete sold. games all the yeah. time. Even if you get that, even if you get, but then the cloud could come in to counter that. But then, even, like you say, even if you get the, you know, the download rates quicker, then you've got the storage problem yeah. as well. Yeah, storage is, is a huge issue. Like I, I filled up my Xbox, my original Xbox 360 hard drive really quickly with Xbox yeah. Live Arcade games and they weren't even very big even, at the And time. then demos if you want to try the game before you demos, buy it. Demos, yeah. 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 That now takes about a week to load my game library yep. because I've been using it for so long. Um, Phil Shaw um, points out that downloadable games seem to be the fairest model for publishers and developers. Everybody who plays the game pays money to the people who made it. At the moment, prices for downloadable games are too high. They should be around £20. 
Developers may argue that people are paying £40 or more for box games, but I think the gamers are factoring in the resale value of the game into that buying decision. If you could buy it for £40 and then sell it for £20 later, it only really costs you 20 quid. If you cut out the manufacturing arm... If you cut out manufacturing, yeah. you cut out distribution, you cut out all that stuff, then or yeah, the totally good's fair. Yeah. Like, I had this. I always wondered why on you know Xbox Games On Demand and uh, on PSN, like FIFA's like fifty pounds. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, why is that? That's insane. What and, does, does anyone ever buy it at that price? Well, no, of course not. Like no one, no one's gonna buy a digital download version of a game for fifty quid when you can buy it in game for thirty. But apparently, it's because um, Sony and Microsoft still have such close relationships with people like Game and Walmart and Best Buy, and if they undercut those people, then that really jeopardizes the retail that relationship. relationship. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that's so apparently why that is. So, so it's not because they're stupid, it's because they can't undercut. Yeah. Like, unless they're Steam it's and they have no... Yeah. Yeah, like Valve has no ties to any I imagine shops. that must be the same for Amazon and books then, because so many books I want to buy on the Kindle are cheaper just to buy the physical book. Yeah. yeah I think it's the same, yeah. And that's the main problem for people who have digital distribution methods like Steam and Kindle, is that they have to not undercut they have to not jeopardise other areas of the business by not yeah. undercutting it's people a bit too severely. Minefield, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's great for indie and semi-indie and anything up to big budget because then you don't have to worry about your relationship with retailers because they probably won't stock your game anyway. Mm. But yeah, it's that's one of the biggest problems I think. It's really convenient though, isn't it? The idea of oh yeah, if if it was all automated as well and you can like you could purchase games on your phone you went home and it was there on your console yeah, waiting for you it amazing yeah but. Fraser Garrity asks um, with the recent troubles at games do you think about the possibility of um, having a service like Steam for consoles which just eliminates the high street altogether well there was that Steambox rumour recently as well and then yeah. you know it which would be really convenient yeah. and there's, you know, there's, I think there's always kind of talk of someone buying that on live technology and incorporating it yeah see on live was the thing because on live doesn't ha- you don't have to download loads and loads of things for on live and I thought well, when that was going to come out I was like this is it this is definitely it because you don't have all those problems of having to download stuff and you also don't have the problem of undercutting because it's a, a subscription service yeah. like Spotify but yeah. then obviously on live doesn't really work that well but it's the first step, isn't it? It yeah. is, it's, yeah. You know, you don't go from launching a rocket and then landing on the moon. You said Completely. you abuse lots launching of animals in the process. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Kill a bunch of dogs. Asphyxiate a bunch of monkeys. Yeah, that's what they're doing. <laughs> that's right. what they're doing at On Live HQ. This isn't making the bandwidth any better. <laughs> <laughs> We've got How loads of dead animals. Yeah, get the monkey in. See what happens. It's a bit dark, isn't it? <laughs> a little bit, a bit little dark, a bit. bit dark. Yeah, it's it's a really cool idea, and I think that for digital distribution, that's what going to be. If if it ever works and it ever becomes dominant, that's going to be it. It's going to be a Spotify model. Would be where nice. yeah, it would be stream nice. It. Yeah, it would be nice to see a greater price range though as well, like you do on Steam. Turn up, you know, if you, even if you see people with spare change, you think why not spend it on a Steam game? Yeah, yeah. I guess that you know, in a world of intangible things, there's no difference between buying a game and then just having constant access through a subscription. Yeah. Yeah. There's no. Do you know what I mean? There's yeah. no difference. So I think there's maybe no the subscription, yeah, subscription model might win out. Maybe because it's just pure I choice. I just I have a, a bit of an obsession with video game toys and stuff, and <laughs> I have like so many cool boxes and awesome kind of books and collector's edition what's it's at home, and I love that kind of side of things. But I don't think I'd miss the discs. Yeah. No. But that that that's another way that people could deal with the issue. You know, like the the pass um, online pass issue that people don't like as well. Because I. Like there's me and my brother have uh, two consoles at home. It's always a pain. Like if I buy a game, he then has to shell out for oh, it the past. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so it seems instead of punishing people who are genuinely buying the game new, if they were to try and incentive instead of doing that, just incentivize buying new instead of punish people for buying used. Quite yeah. Like yeah. you say, you like the the toys and all the other good things that come along with that. If they was to do a bundle where you know like people who buy new like 
some people do it like Bullet Storm, I think, did it. You got the Epic Edition for the same price, where if you buy a new, you get all these great things that come in the game, or an extra, I don't know, like a, a little figurine, whatever, you know, just something to say, this is how we reward people who buy new. Instead of saying, if you don't buy new, you're not getting this. It, it seems you, people are always going to look for the best deal. You can't yeah. blame them for that. I remember back in back in 2005, I bought a text adventure off the internet, <laughs> and uh, it was a digital download. But if you paid more, so I paid like thirty dollars for it, and uh, you know the game was only like fifteen. But if you paid thirty dollars, then they they sent you like some items from the game, right? Okay, like mm. old school style. Um, so I got like you know a, you know I got some kind of comedy items from the text adventure, and they arrived in a big package like a week later. But you know I had the game, and then I got my things as well, and that was you know old, the That's actual lovely. game was yeah. still digitally distributed. You always get excited when you get that knock on the door and you realise you know parcel stuff yeah. you're like a dog parcel yeah. parcel <laughs> <laughs> can you sign for this and you actually just wee on him yeah <laughs> well we'll know how this is going to go pretty soon I think because we'll see what's happened to game and we'll see how people adapt um, this week things that you can't buy in game include <laughs> <laughs> um, Yakuza Dead Souls which is out I reviewed that this week unfortunately it's not very good mm. but you liked it in a weird way I did I did you yeah, I wanted appreciated to appreciated like aspects of it. Yeah, like, I love the Yakuza series, so I mean, I, I kind of suffered through the game, but I mean, it got five, so mediocre. It is mediocre. Yeah. It's like it could have been good, but it isn't. Mostly because the controls are horrendous. But it's still a Yakuza game. It's still got great personality and stuff, yeah. so that's good. And um, FIFA Street's also out. FIFA Street, I reviewed that this week. It's very good. It's fr- it's just really good fun. I've played it with several people in the office who have no interest in football whatsoever, like Stu, and he just giggled playing it all the way through he really enjoyed it and I think it's just great multiplayer experience and I think even if you own FIFA it's kind of a decent companion and I think it can serve as a pretty good primer you were such a massive show off on FIFA Street I just am want to put that there to our readers little keepy uppies and, but it, and stuff. It's actually, like, how do you do that but if you play the game Stu's for a little bit you, a yeah I did beat Stu like 25 nil. yeah harsh yeah but it's good I, I like it and then also we have Journey which is pretty good. That's pretty much all of our favourite game of forever at the moment. It is amazing. I, I, I arrived home at my flat the other night about 11 o'clock at night and one of my housemates who never plays video games, he's completely unexposed to video games, he was at the end of Journey and he looked at me and went, is this what you do for a living? <laughs> he's like, "This is." He's, he says, this is ama- I don't know what this is, this is amazing. And I would, for the last few weeks or months since I've moved in, I'm trying to like, educate him and like, honestly video games are the next major cultural form and he's just like yeah whatever and he's just like I get it he said I get it I really get it I just thought wow that's brilliant yeah. that's pretty amazing that's what happened to my my long suffering mother who has never understood my job until Shadow of the Colossus and she, she finally got it when I showed her Shadow of the Colossus she was like oh yeah, I understand because I, I would be saying oh, games aren't all about shooting things a lot and of every, them are a lot, the thing is a lot of them are but and then I put a game on. I'm like, come look at Uncharted. And I realise I'm just shooting loads of people in the face. Yeah. <laughs> it makes you think about games differently, doesn't it? When you're trying to show them to somebody who doesn't yeah, play them. Yeah, you're trying to like. Mm. It's weird though. You feel on the back foot and you're trying to legitimate them. And you're yeah, like, I don't. I shouldn't have to. Yeah, I remember trying to show my aunt Skyrim and um, not Skyrim, Oblivion back in the day, and she was just completely bemused by the whole thing. She's like, "What are you doing? Why?" I yeah. was like, "I can't answer that question." Why do you have so many? I don't know why. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is that? Well, I definitely can't answer. Are that you question. Welsh? Stereotype. <laughs> Stereotype. <laughs> Twisted Metal's out this week in Europe and in game, and is and being stocked in game. Sony is being very supportive of game, so if you want to buy Twisted Metal in game, you can. All right, but if someone buys one game this week, what's it going to be? Journey. 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 Yeah. Ten pounds. Oh. If you have a PlayStation, 
absolutely. If you don't have a PlayStation, buy a PlayStation. Just buy a PlayStation. Seriously, it's worth mentioning that Mass Effect also in the charts this week managed to make number one without support of game. Yeah, but the mm. sales figures were disappointing. Is that correct? If you talk to anybody who has access to the chart track figures, then right. you'd expect Mass Effect three. You'd expect a game of that size that coming out on two platforms at the same time. You'd have expected it to sell about twice as much as it did. I know I spoke to someone inside at EA who said they managed to place all the stock that obviously they well, yeah. weren't wasn't going. It's fine. They... Basically, the thing is that it'll just be slightly slightly more even rather than that massive like first week spike, the yeah. Friday spike. It'll I think it'll constant. just be more even. Yeah, yeah. Because I know a lot of people were going out to buy it and they had to go to several places before they could find a copy, and they were going oh, to really? places that you would never go to get Argos. games. Argos, yeah. yeah. For instance, <laughs> I Argos. remember buying <laughs> Argos, waiting Lol. for it to come from the bowels of hell. <laughs> I remember buying Halo Two from Argos because there was that thing where they basically started selling it a week early, and there was like a, a t- cataloging error and you could go to, oh, to Argos and get Halo 2 a week early and it was so exciting. You know what really annoyed me about Argos when I was a kid? You know when you bought a action figure? You couldn't you, pick the you one. You couldn't pick the one. What oh, the really? po- what's the point of that? What do you mean you oh. couldn't pick Wait, the one? Wait, so... Go on, now you explain. <laughs> so you get to the back of the catalogue where all the best stuff is, yeah. all the toys, and there'd be a range of action figures and it would group, say, all the Transformers or all the Turtles together. Right, and right. So you'd have all four major Turtles <gasps> and, and they'd just have one code and it says oh. you, you cannot control which one you get. I'm like, that's oh, absurd. Really? The worst thing was Action Force because Action Force was with the GI, the British equivalent of GI Joe. Yeah. Well, we didn't call it GI Joe because we didn't know what GI was. Yeah. But it was called Action Force. So there'd be like a range of 20, 25 figures and you would pay and you would get one. Oh. And you wouldn't be able to pick yeah. which one you got. See, I'm, I'm mental. Like, I'm like, I, I, as a kid, I'm like, I, still as true. a kid, I'm going to hurdle that desk. <laughs> I'm going sliding down into the bottom, into your basement. I'm going to find the turtle that I fucking I want. want snake eyes. I want snake eyes. <laughs> <laughs> See, I can only remember when he stood dashing. I can't remember like not being able to get. Oh, maybe it must be different now. Surely, I think yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine yeah. sitting there like, please be Raphael. Please be Raphael. And yeah. You get like Michael. You're a Raphael fan. Yeah. yeah. Boom. Boom. Everyone's a Raphael fan. No, with taste. They're not. With taste. It's Leonardo for me. He's got attitude. Yeah. See, see, you always had that thing. Like, no one died, but everyone had swords. Yeah. Yeah. As well. Raphael, yeah. he's cool but crude. Yeah. yeah. He's got an attitude. <laughs> um, <laughs> films this week. So the big news at the box office was obviously that John Carter was a massive flop. Apparently, really um, wasn't actually that big of a flop. Um, it it just hasn't really exceeded the expectations that Disney put on it. I think it will, it will do fine. Yeah, I'm sure it will mm-hmm. do fine because it'll recoup all that money in international markets and then on yeah. home ends. Like yeah. it's very. I read this great piece about how no major film really with that much marketing push behind it ever really flops. Yeah. In the mm. long run anymore. Yeah. So even films that you think actually did dismally at the box office. What about office, Cowboys and Aliens? Well, Cowboys and Aliens uh, is actually it. a good example. They uh, in its opening weekend, Cowboys and Aliens made 1.78 million. John Carter came in at just around two million. And Green Lantern, which also was considered a bit of a flop, was 2.47 million. Because so, you have all these mm. addi- additional revenue streams as well. Things yeah. like Prince of Persia when that came out with J. Gyllenhaal, that was a bit of a disappointment but it did really well. Mm. did really well in Asia. Yeah. And weirdly, I remember we recovered on the podcast uh, probably a year or so ago, one of the Harry, po- Harry Potter films was still didn't make any money. Uh, I think it was like number four. Mm-hmm. Actually was in a negative equity at the box office, but obviously because of the inf- everything around Harry Potter, yeah. Well, the it, it makes no yeah. difference to yeah, the franchise like All the hype whatsoever. makes it feel like a big summer blockbuster, yeah. like everything yeah. that's been going on. Um, yeah, so that's it. But for films out this week include 21 Jump Street, which Chris really liked. He said that Channing Tatum is um, a new comedy legend. Br- brilliant. <laughs> uh, I, I failed to believe it. Uh, is Chris still not here? No. 
Why? <laughs> uh, the Devil Inside, which is a new horror film, which did um, had people booing in the US. Yeah, it <laughs> oh, did quite well though, didn't it? Yeah, it's done. It's done money. Horror films always well, and also Contraband, which is the Mark Wahlberg film. So they're in the cinema. Tilly's been hanging out with Marky Mike this week. Yeah, apparently so. And Seth. Seth MacFarlane. Oh, I keep yeah. wanting to say Seth Green, but it's the other Seth. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's films out. I w- if you're going to go see something, probably go and see Twenty One Jump Street. Yeah, it's supposed to be quite yep. good. That's it. Should we move into list- listener few? A few. It's time for listener a few. That's what you get instead of a soundboard. <laughs> Sorry about that. I have one. It's from Connor Maher. or Maher or Maher. Maher. Connor Maher. Connor. Connor. He says that um, on our last podcast where we were talking about the new Assassin's Creed, Daniel remarked that the new character, Connor, had a very American name and the crew agreed. Let me inform you guys that Connor is an Irish name, not American. However, it does seem to be popular in the US. Yeah, th- th- Can you read this was, out so that your was heinous crimes don't go unnoticed? Mm, also, see also, Kelly. Irish name, but seen as a very American name now. Yeah. I think that's what I meant. Yeah. Like his name isn't like Dances with Wolves. Well, his name wasn't Randy or Brad. <laughs> yeah. Um, Daniel, Hebrew. Hebrew name. Thomas is a biblical name, yeah. So. Do you know what Philip means? No. <laughs> Lover of horses. I thought it was going to do really? sc- screwdrivers. Yeah. Is that really what it means? <laughs> yeah. Do you know what Kelly means? It's Gaelic for strife. Yeah, is I can yes. quite believe is it that. Really? Genuinely. <laughs> right, I've got the next bit of feedback from Cameron Ross. I wish Stu was here. He could give him this much more um, gravitas than I could, but I'll give it my best well, shot. Just because of his deeply resonant, booming voice. It's one of those that's got no punctuation. <laughs> oh, good. Uh, yeah, Stu doesn't need to breathe. So here we go. It's like a trumpet. Hi, player. my name is Cameron Ross, and I'm from Kincardine in Fife in Scotland, and I'm not a Ned or a Chav. I am 15, by the way. Anyway, the point <laughs> of my email is I was sitting in my living room on my laptop, and BBC Scotland was on in the background, and all of a sudden I hear Keza's voice, and I shout at the top of my voice, That's Keza! My dad just looked at me like I was some sort of crazy person. Thanks for all the great podcasts, Cameron Ross. He was sitting on his laptop. Sitting on his laptop. That's not the best way to use your laptop. What were you Cameron? doing on BBC News, Keza? I was talking about the game collapse. Um, I, I got a, about 3.5 seconds of airtime, and given that I talk at 4 million miles an hour, I managed to say about 800 words. <laughs> so that was fine. Um, yeah, they just kind of filmed me outside game on Oxford Street, nattering about what was going on. What did the people of game think about you stood outside <laughs> they pro- prophesizing yeah. the doom of game? They weren't very happy about yeah. it. I don't think the BBC cleared it with Games Press Office. <laughs> <laughs> well, you stood on the other side of the road and they were using some weird camera techniques. Well, they had buses going road. past yeah. every second so that they had to do several takes so that they could get me saying like the six words that I said without a bus <laughs> going past without in the background. Bus. Yeah. So it was, it was kind of a, it was a weird day. But yeah, it was on the news. My mother was very proud. I bet. I bet. So that was nice. Right, was, next bit of feedback is from Dave who lives in Fargo in North Dakota which Sticker is time which is not the Fargo in the movie I don't that's think that's Minneapolis isn't it Minnesota yeah, uh, yeah. so we're, we're saying Dakota South Dakota North Dakota North Dakota it okay. feels quiet in here with only four of us I know I'm used oh, to more, a more relatively noises. few sirens today you're getting yeah. a blue yeah. you're getting a blue dot whoever you are blue he's, he's, you're on the map Dave um, to answer your question, we don't have twiglets in America. This calls back to <laughs> Alex's um, favourite gaming snack. What would the question snack. possibly be? <laughs> um, looking at the description on Wikipedia, I don't think we have anything similar either. I had also never heard of Marmite. Um, looking at the description of that, I got as far as sticky dark brown paste <laughs> and decided we definitely appetizer. don't have anything like that in America. I wonder how it would go down in America. If you think about it, Nutella is also a sticky dark brown paste. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I've got I've got some more <laughs> on our um, gaming snack. This is, this is um, another 
um, an Americaner, I think is the right word. Uh, this is from Anthony. Um, as an American, when y'all start, maybe he's from the South, y'all started talking <laughs> about food and controllers and grease getting everywhere, I was lost and had no clue what foods you were talking about. Fizzy drinks aside, all I know about food names in England, I know because of your podcast. Please include translations for at least the East Coast of the United States. We're closest to you, so don't make me come over there. Thanks from Port <laughs> Reading in New Jersey. New Jersey. New Jersey. And then one last one from Adam Wolf. He said, uh, previously you mentioned your distaste for American chocolate. I never understand why foreigners think Hershey's chocolate is supposed to be good. From my experience, it's just cheap chocolate that you buy at a gas station. You should try out some properly good chocolate before condemning American chocolate. It's a very good point, and if you want to send us some, (laughs) um, please do. Actually, we can give you the address. They did give a link to uh, yeah to a really good manufacturer. Um, I'm sure I'm sure that is the case, but nonetheless, I I want yeah because the thing is, I think Cadbury's is kind of the bog standard of chocolate here, and I think that's pretty. It's a lot better than Hershey's. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, still sort it out, Adam. (laughs) Isn't Nestle (laughs) the cheaper? version of Cadbury's in comparison. Nestle is more continental. It? It's got a... I would say Sainsbury's own brand is probably. <laughs> chocolate after one week that kind of gets that weird white like, residue. Yeah, the white, the yeah. residue is not good. No, no one wants their chocolate to excrete white dust. Sweating chocolate. Like Egyptian mummy chocolate. Ew. Next feedback. Yeah, we have one here from Alex and Gemma and they actually are the guys from Level Up Games in Canterbury. Hey, Level Up! Hi, guys! And, uh, yeah, <laughs> they just write in to say thanks for the mention, and they own and run the Level Up Games store, and we have been going since January 2011, and I'm really happy to see so many people enjoying retro goodness, the, the retro goodness that we provide. Fantastic. So you've had a good year. I, I've, yeah, I went on their Facebook as well, and my, my God, that shop looks amazing. Can also, we go? Yeah, can we go? The, what they've go. got they've yeah. got a newsstand full of retro video game magazines as so well good. Like, right from the years where I've are they ne- I've never, uh, Can- Canterbury. Canterbury Canterbury that's, that's not far. far that's not far I, I really, I really think we, we should go sit in a pub tell stories oh, and yeah. then walk there we, we can do a pilgrimage to the retro game shop yeah. <laughs> so a Chaucer reference there for the IGN UK yeah. podcast Chaucer Chaucer of Canterbury and tales but I want to hear about more. There must be more retro video game shops out there, and yeah, people like these doing a really good job. Like exactly the kind of shop that you want, like Keza yeah. wants from from game. Um, and if game is going to go under, then these are the kind of shops that we really need to be shouting about. If you so. know awesome, awesome, awesome geeky shops anywhere in the world, please tell us about them. Because I always wanted wanted to have that kind of shop, like the really cool geeky comic book shop that you belong to, and there was a community, and you could go yeah. there on a weekend. And you'd be like, all right, how are you yeah. doing? Yeah. I always wanted that, never had yeah, it. Like, I used to get the Pokemon trading card league when I was a little kid. I used to, yeah. yeah. I used to go Woolworths. A games yeah, Workshop Woolworths. is like that for for um for yeah. for tabletop board gamers, isn't it? Yeah, a sense of community, community and gender that yeah. sort of. Yeah. Yeah, like when I was at a video game um show, the most time I spent was in the retro section, just playing Goldeneye and you know, there was like a tabletop that had just Street Fighter 2 and there was a Pac-Man thing and that was where I spent most of my time it must be working but so what were the couple there called who ran uh, Alex and Gemma yeah their sh- yeah their husband and wife yeah they, their shop your shop looks amazing and uh, sure, that's such a nice story as well husband and wife running retro gaming yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, nice. I, I seem to think that's what, that's what Gotham Games is like in Lincoln it seems to be a, a couple that run that as well and they're just so passionate about their video games yeah. maybe I'll quit my job and get married yeah. to someone and do that instead it's, got, it's our Kickstarter <laughs> 
Yeah. Find Kezra husband. <laughs> <laughs> I need to pay quite a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> maybe Tim Schafer. Maybe you can marry yeah, Tim Schafer. I think and, he's already married. And though. some of the change to <laughs> left over to set up Kezra's games. I think I think Tim Schafer is probably probably taken. Yeah, he's a sure definite hunk of a man. He, he knows is, Elmo yeah. though. What about Notch? He does know Elmo. Notch, Notch. Elmo. Notch on Elmo Friday. Quite happily marry Notch. Proposition Notch on Friday. Notch, just on the record, I'd probably marry you. So. Just if you ask. I'm Kristen, if you're listening. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Can you ask (laughs) on the red carpet? Notch. Will you? (laughs) (laughs) Should I just ask everyone everyone on the left red carpet whether they might marry one or the other of us? Yeah, just try. Yeah, yeah, just pimp us out the the the, team. In the scrum, if you go down on one knee, everyone just lean over you and you just go missing. (laughs) Brett, you've known us for two weeks now. Of everyone on the IGN UK team, gender irrespective, who do you think would make the best spouse? What a position. Right on the spot. Um, <laughs> Tom, because he says he's rock and roll. <laughs> you did say that the other day. Oh, Tom. Yeah, so. He's also got lovely hair. Yeah, he has. Hair. He's got and, fabulous and, hair. And hairless as well. Yeah. And oddly hairless yeah. from the neck down. Thanks, ladies. If you want to get your proposals in, wait till next leap year. IGN UK feedback at IGN.com or contact him directly would on we, Twitter at Tom Butler, Tom with a H. Yeah, would we make a good couple? Yes. Right in. I think you'd look nice together. Um, can I just say Both, thank you to yeah. Brett for being here these thank last two you, weeks thank you Brett you've been really awesome Invaluable. thank you thank you very um, much and I think you've been a great addition to the podcast lineup. Um unfortunately you will not be with us next week because we're going to kill you <laughs> <laughs> yeah after, so, after the BAFTAs did we not tell you that about working yeah. experience yeah. after the, the BAFTAs ritual? we're going to put you in a big box send you off to on live and they're going to make you into a sacrifice in the hope <laughs> yeah. of greater resolution <laughs> <laughs> But they will make a statue in one of their games. So yeah, so good. trade off. Good luck finding me. <laughs> um, can we sell it. you on? Could we sell you on eBay? I could be a Kickstarter intern, slightly used. Oh, can we sell you on eBay and then put you in a big blister pack? Can we just <laughs> kick an action you. figure? You're just kick obsessed you. with the killing, aren't you? Yeah. yeah. Tom is. Yeah. If you, if anyone got any of those um, prizes from last week, you can see how bad my rapping is. So if anyone can oh. rap me any better, yeah, you're rap rapping. Back. Darkling no, statues. Physical oh, rapping. right, okay. We give away Brett's rapping as a prize. <laughs> That'd be such disappointment. We get, yeah, Brett's rap album. We're giving that away. Yeah. Straight out of Peck. We've got any competition plugs this week, Tom? Um, uh, this is a very time sensitive one. So on Friday night, if you're listening to this on Friday night, then join us on Twitter from about nine o'clock because we're going to be giving away shitloads of stuff on, on, on Twitter. And we're also streaming the BAFTA. Awards live. Yes, and we'll be streaming the BAFTA Awards, so you'll be able to watch them on IGN. IGN. Um, but yeah, things on offer that we'll be giving away is N7 editions of Mass Effect, um, Dark Souls Limited Edition, and a signed frame print from Dark yeah. Souls. We've a got signed copy. frame print from. Yeah. Oh, I've already got one. We've of those. got every single Ubisoft game that's up for nominations to cool. win. We've got, uh, including downloadable codes. Got loads of stuff for Battlefield to give away, so yeah, this just it's just gonna go mental. So um I'm see you busy on Friday then. Well busy on Friday. Guys, that yeah. sounds brilliant. Yeah. There you go. Cool, see you then. That's it for this podcast, number 129. We will see you next week. Thanks for joining us. Bye. Aaron Staten, 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 Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. 
Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.